five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. This is your host, Clint Lamb, sitting here once again with Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, how are you doing on this Tuesday morning? I'm great. I'm fired up about the story that you uh, put on uh, on On Three this morning that you wrote about the start of practice uh, being officially announced. Uh, it's even one day earlier than guest, which means uh, 24 hours closer than I even knew when I woke up. So, man, I'm excited about it. Maybe you have news. Do you know yet if uh, the beat beat reporters like yourself are allowed to cover practice? No, still no word from everything that we've heard. All indications seem to point to us getting to go, but that's not, that's never a for sure thing, at least not with Alabama. So I'm hoping that ends up being the case. If we have to go through another fall camp run without being able to get our eyes on practice, it's going to be very unfortunate because I know that the subscribers and listeners, not just for Bama on three, but for everywhere else. Yeah, they rely on a lot of that stuff. They want nuggets and and tidbits of information, and being able to get in practice is a great way for us to be able to provide that. So, hope Alabama allows us to be able to come. From everything that I've heard, we should be good to go, but can't say that's a certainty until it actually happens. Right. Oh, I hope. I hope so. Uh, I hope so. I mean, we'll we'll make do without, but man, I hope so. Yeah. And today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about. Alabama's defensive line we've been doing position previews we've got quarterbacks we've got you know edge rushers we've got offensive line wide receivers going to be getting back and doing the cornerbacks probably sometime next week after today or actually this evening I'm leaving for the beach going to take a couple of days off and relax put my feet in the sand for a couple of days before everything gets cranked up starting I guess uh on August 4th. So I'm, man, I'm looking forward to it, man. And I think that your guess wasn't outrageous by any means, by the way, because they typically do start on a Friday, interesting decision to start on a Thursday this time. My guess though, it's exactly 30 days before the opening right. game. So maybe that right. has something to do with it. Uh, they wanted to go ahead and give themselves an extra practice day or whatever based on the rules. But, I mean, before we get into the defensive line, we'll take a couple of minutes. And what are you most excited to see, just on a very broad scale, in fall camp from out? Or you know, maybe not see, but at least hear. I think the first thing is, uh, you know, and this, gosh, it's almost, almost like starting on a down note. But my first thing to me is the health. I mean, who's going to be in a black jersey on day one? I mean, who's, who is still recovering from a spring or summer surgery? or who suffered uh, an injury, you know, in workouts, Uh, you know, just is there anybody that as of today that we know won't be available for the opener versus Utah State? I mean, that to me is first and foremost, uh, and and it's not that I'm expecting uh, bad news. There's a couple of rumors I've heard, but I don't even want to talk about them just simply because they literally are rumors, and we don't like talking about injuries unless they come from Alabama. So, Again, uh, I, I know of no one, even with the rumors, uh, I, I, I'm not certainly aware that anyone's not available for the opener, but that, that's my first question. Yeah, and that's a great question, and that's something that, don't worry, it, and actually, I won't step out on a limb and say that we're going to be as good about taking roll call as we have in the past, because I think that's part of the reason we got in trouble. 
Um, <laughs> Nick Saban doesn't seem to like that. And I get it. You know, there's certain information you don't want out. And I mean, guys miss time, you know, miss a practice here or there for a variety of reasons. And when you report it, even though you might report it just simply saying, hey, this is what's happening, people are going to take it and they're going to run with it. And especially in a transfer portal world, if a guy misses a day and he's, you know, second string or lower, a lot of people are going to run with it and say, well, was this guy entering the transfer portal? Was he leaving? Or they'll come up, you know, was he injured? And sometimes it, there's so many other reasons that that can happen. So I understand the frustration. We also have a job to do, though, which is, you know, why I say we will be trying to do as much as we possibly can as far as reporting who's at practice, who's not at practice, who's wearing a black jersey, who's not wearing a black jersey. Uh, we've heard about Cooley McKinstry and Kyrie Jackson. Those are two that Nick Saban specifically has talked about, and I'll be curious to see, are they in normal jerseys or are they still kind of working their way back? I think that will be very important. They've already missed a ton of the off season as far as, you know, being a full participant, a hundred percent. And so I think them being a hundred percent or fully ready to participate in fall camp, I think will be very important for both of them because they have a little bit of making up to do on that front, just getting back comfortable and working with the first team and being able to just do everything that you can in practice. I do think that's something to definitely monitor, but I'm excited about fall camp. Obviously NFL training camps are opening up all over the place. They started what yesterday and they're continuing today. That's going to be a lot of news that we're going to be at least touching on a little bit. We won't be spending entire podcast talking about the NFL guys necessarily, but We'll try to take a couple of minutes pretty much out of every day as we start to get rolling here and get a little bit more information as far as where some of these Alabama players stand and how they're doing in training camp, things like that. We'll try to give at least short updates on that kind of thing because I think that will be useful information. I think it'll be fun to do for us as well. So definitely uh, stay tuned for that. But let's get to the defensive line. We talked about the offensive line yesterday. Talented group. No. As of right now, no elite NFL talent, guys who you say that's going to be an elite NFL. There's no Evan Nils out there right now that we know of. There's no Alex Leatherwoods or Jedrick Wills or Jonah Williams, and that's okay. But now we switch to the defensive side of the football, and we talk about the guys in the trenches on that side. We've already talked about the edge rushers, but just tell me your initial thoughts on Alabama's defensive line as we get closer to August 4th the start of fall camp. Yeah, my thoughts on the defensive line seem to be different than many or different than most because uh, I read a lot of angst. I read a lot of people worried that it's it's a, a weakness or a liability or it's not good enough. And and I'm not talking about just the rank and file fans. I mean, I, I know uh, Cole Kubelik and Greg McElroy uh, recently made an issue of Alabama's defensive line on their show. Um, it's, not, it's not just fans. I mean, I, I hear it a lot. And I'm not disagreeing to just, just, you know, I'm not taking the, the position that the defensive line is awesome and you guys are crazy. I'm not saying that, but I don't see a liability. I, I see an asset. Uh, now, do I see the best defensive line in the country? No, but I see one of the best in the country. I think it might be the best in the SEC or certainly in the top group Uh I see four veterans, and we already know what they are, and it's good news to say nothing of the fact that all four could really improve. I mean, we could see big jumps from any of the four. But even if just normal development 
I'm excited about Byron Young. We, we've seen him mocked in the first round. We've seen him mocked in the second round. I think he's a second-round pick myself. Uh, I watched the Auburn game yesterday. I've managed to stomach through the Auburn replay. Byron Young made two huge plays in the fourth quarter in that game, tackle for losses. Uh, when the game was in doubt and we needed the ball back, there's Byron Young making, making plays in the backfield, helping us get the ball back. I, I think Byron is different, but roughly the same player as, as Mathis and Barmore. I mean, he's just a little different. I, I'd, I'd call him a little more – I think he's tad quicker, tad less physical, you know, than Barmore and Mathis, but a tad quicker. Um, and I, I think he's good. I think DJ Dale is a four-year starter, which is so rare under Nick Saban. And now he may be the healthiest he's been since he's been there. So a ton of experience. We know he's a good player because Saban keeps running him out there for three years. Now this will make four. Tim Smith may have as much raw talent as any of them. He's a year older. He's back. He's made huge plays. He has to gain consistency, but he's good. And then fourth, Justin Aboigby, another guy who will be in his fourth year as a player in the first team rotation. Now he's the one that needs to improve the most, in my opinion. I don't think Aboigby has showed us, frankly, yet that he really is a next level player, but I think he can, I think it's in him. And, and this is sort of a contract year for him. I'm expecting the best of Boyd B we've seen yet. So those four plus the exciting emergence this spring of Jamil Burroughs, who I thought throughout the spring was one of our best defensive linemen, if not the best one uh, with, with it's a developmental position and it took some time, but here he is. And, I'm real comfortable with those five. I think we could use one more, maybe two more, uh, you know, with the second one being maybe more situational. But I think it's an asset. Is it the best Alabama defensive line ever? No. Is there a Jonathan Allen? No. Uh, is there a Duran Payne? No. Uh, is it the deepest group we've ever had? No. Uh, but that doesn't matter. Clint, this is what matters to me. How does our defensive line stack up against LSU's, against A&M's, against Georgia's, against Florida's, against Tennessee's. To me, my answer is easy. It, it's probably, it's possibly, or even probably, the best group in the SEC. So I, I'm, I'm excited about this, this, uh, this unit. I think more importantly, it's about how this defensive line stacks up against all those teams' offensive lines. Uh, yeah. And that's where, you know, I look and I say, okay, whose offensive line do I think out in the SEC? I mean, obviously, you're going to be playing Texas. You're obviously going to be playing other teams in the college football playoff if you make it that far. Obviously, you're going to be playing Georgia in the SEC championship if you make it that far. But on Alabama's regular season schedule, what are the offensive lines that I think is going to push around Alabama's defensive line? And I can't really, you know, Arkansas is going to be good. That's certainly one to circle. I think there's some talent on Texas A&M's offensive line, but there's question marks there. LSU, not expected to have a great offensive line. Got a couple of really good pieces. They're hoping they could put something together. You know, there's just, there's nobody on the schedule, really, from an offensive line standpoint outside of Arkansas that I think should really concern Alabama fans. And I'll be curious to see how this group continues to develop. Now, here's the thing. Byron Young has played close to 1,000 snaps in his career at Alabama. DJ Dell has played over 1,000 snaps. 
Justin Aboigby up there near a thousand. And you got Tim Smith, who's played close to 500. That's a lot of experience, but especially those top three guys, they're heading into year four. They've been contributing or starting in certain games for three years now. How much more development are you going to get from those guys? You know, well, you can argue maybe one of them takes a big step forward. The chances of all three taking a big step forward, more than likely a majority of those guys, and I couldn't tell you exactly which ones, but they are who they are, and they're not going to improve too much over this next season. They might a little bit, positive progression, get a little bit better every day, that whole thing. But, you know, I think it's very possible that what you got last year is a lot of what you get this year. But you're hoping in certain, you know, it's not necessarily taking a step forward and becoming better at certain things. It's, you know, or at least as far as strengths, it's more about, you know, where can you clean up some of your weaknesses and how can you become a more complete defensive lineman? And that's where I think Byron Young could take a big step forward. I think Justin Aboigby could. I certainly think Tim Smith could. I think he's got a lot of raw talent and ability and tools that can make him a great disruptor. The thing with Byron Young for me, is when I compare him to a Fedarian Mathis or a Christian Barmore, those are more true interior defensive linemen. Byron Young is a guy who can play out there on the edge. He can play inside some. Um, you know, he didn't really get any bigger. You saw other guys get a little bit bigger. I think Justin Aboigby is now, you know, I think I want to say he gained close to 10 pounds compared to last year. He's ready to kind of bulk up and become more of a, you know, impactful run defender, even though that's probably been a strength of his. I mean, At this point, if he doesn't improve as a pass rusher, you at least want him to be as good at stopping the run as as humanly possible. But here's the thing. I agree with you. And so you would probably, uh, we've talked about this before, but I'll go ahead and get your quick thoughts just so we can kind of recap it. You know, with Alabama going a lot of, you know, two outside linebackers on the field, you know, nickel rabbits, dime rabbits, those types of packages a little bit more you don't necessarily have to have as many contributing defensive linemen as you had before. And and we circle four of them in Young, Dell, Aboigby, and Smith. And then we're thinking that Jamil Burroughs is going to be that fifth. You know, do you think that that Alabama should probably cap it off at that outside of the very specific situation, you know, maybe rotate in a Monkel Goodwine or a, a, a Damon Payne, you know, maybe a Tim Keenan, if you're struggling to stop the run or something, even though I think they're starters, that's kind of what they do well is start stop the run. It's more so getting after the quarterback. That's kind of been the issue for this interior group. I mean, where do you see, do you see a six lineman uh, defensive lineman fitting in, or do you think they cap it off at five? No, that is a great question. And that is a good point. Uh, Alabama is going to play more often with two defensive linemen on the field instead of three. That is a fact. Uh, you know, some people on the surface go, what? Why would you do that? Well, the reason is, let's just, just you know, we're not picking on anybody, but let's just name names. Who's who's Alabama's third best defensive lineman? Uh, in my mind, it's either Smith or Boydby, in my mind, uh, because I think the first two are, are Young and, and Dale. Uh, uh, let's say the third one is Boydby. Do you want Boydby on the field or do you want Dallas Turner on the field? I mean, it's that, it's that simple. It's about getting your best 11. And Dallas Turner is definitely, definitely among the best 11. Actually, he's among the, the best two, frankly, uh, of Alabama's best defenders, in my opinion. But so the point is, there will be a lot more uh, snaps with only two defensive linemen on the field. And if you're only playing two, then it's not as critical to have a large number of players in the first team rotation. I, I think when when you always play with three, 
a really good number to have is six. I mean, that, that makes just mathematical sense to me. If, if you're always playing with three, you should have six. Alabama's not always going to be playing with two. So you, you don't need only four. I think you need a minimum of five, and six would be nice. Six would be nice. Uh, you could also use players situationally. That can help a lot because it really helps that player focus on, okay, this is my job. My job may be narrow. My job might not be used a ton, but it really can be my focus. And by situational, I'm really referring to goal line. You're not going to line up only two defensive linemen in goal line. You're going to line up, frankly, you're going to line up with four at Alabama, you know, in goal line. Uh, and, and maybe you use a guy. I'm going to say Jaheim Otis just simply because I think it makes fans happy. I'm not actually convinced that it is Jaheim Otis, but I know the fans will like to hear that. The kids work so hard in the offseason to lose that weight. But let's say Jaheim Otis could be a guy you play on goal line. Uh, and that might be a great role for him as a true freshman because he's still learning the defense. So in that sense, Clint, my answer is I think a six guy would be great. But I admit that the six guy, frankly, could just be situational goal line and not a guy that you're going to see in the normal, quote, rotation. You might be perfectly fine with just those five. And since we're only going to be lining up with two big dudes, uh, a big chunk of the game. Yeah, I wish I had a more accurate representation of how the snap shares would have looked last year. Because, you know, Tim Smith, when you look at really the defensive line as a whole, Byron Young had 399 snaps. DJ Dell had 360. Justin Deboyby had 323. And then, of course, Tim Smith had 282. And, and so all those are kind of, you know, I mean, obviously – Byron Young playing close to 400 compared to Tim Smith not cracking 300. You know, 100 snaps is a pretty big discrepancy, but that's that's four very heavily contributing defensive linemen. And you also had Fidarian Mathis mixed in there as well, who had the most snaps. He had 500 plus. You also had LeBron Ray, who contributed quite a few snaps as well. But there's a couple of factors that came into play, right? Because DJ Dell missed a couple of games due to injury, and that gave Tim Smith the opportunity to get starts. Obviously, you're going to play a lot of snaps in those instances. Obviously, you know, against Arkansas, I don't think he played that great. Against Auburn, I think he played a little bit better and showed some improvement. But of his 282 snaps, and I haven't gone back and looked, but I would assume that a huge percentage of those came in those two starts. So what would his real snap share have looked like if DJ Dell remains healthy for the entire year? What does it look like for a guy like Justin Aboigby, maybe, who did see a dip in snaps and starts? You know, I think he got a lot more heavy usage in 2020 and 2019 than he did in 2021. But what does his shares look like if LeBron Ray doesn't get hurt at the end of the, or excuse me, at the beginning of the year, and you end up seeing, you know, him kind of slowly get phased back in and his snap share start to increase? And obviously, you know, you got another guy who's contributing. So what would his snap share have looked like had he been able to stay healthy all year? And what would a guy like Justin DeBoy be and Byron Young? Because obviously Byron Young, you know, a lot of the time, LeBron Ray was playing that same type of role as Byron Young, where he was playing out on the edge when they had their, what I call the 3-3-5 defense, which is just a way of saying three defensive linemen, three linebackers, Will Anderson being one of them, and five defensive backs. LeBron Ray was taking some of those snaps away from, from Byron Young. So I just I wish I had more information on what that would have actually have looked like. But based off of what we know, we know that those top four are going to be in the rotation. 
for sure. And they're going to be consistently in the rotation. We also think we know that Jamil Burroughs is going to have some type of role. Now, and this is where injuries can help you in the spring. Because Byron Young wasn't available, it gave Jamil Burroughs the opportunity to run with the ones a lot and kind of give him a trial run on what it would be like for him to be the guy. And from what we heard and what we, especially what we saw in the A-Day game, he made the most of those opportunities. Still think he's a little bit limited uh, or needs to show some improvement as far as against the run, which is surprising when you got a, I think he's 6'3", 309 now. He was 312 last year. But when you got a guy like that, he was built like that, you would assume that he would be a better run stopper than he is a pass rusher. For him in particular, I think it's kind of the opposite. And so that actually works out well for Alabama. When you look and, I mean, you see Young and Dell and the Boydby and Smith as well, but really those top three. Right now, the, all three of those guys, in my opinion, are more run-stopping interior defensive linemen, and a guy like Burroughs can complement that and be more of an interior pass rusher. Now, you want that complete guy, of course. You want a guy who can stop the run and get after the quarterback because you can get caught a little bit in situations where, you know, DJ Dell is your interior defensive lineman and he's having to get after the quarterback because they're throwing the football on an early down. Or it's, you know, a third down situation is third and six, and they, they hit you with some kind of draw or something. And you got Jamil Burroughs out there who might not be the best run defender. And now you're caught having him defend the run. So you, you want to have complete defensive linemen, but that's not always going to be what ends up happening. But, you know, I will be curious to see how Alabama is able to find opportunities for a guy like Burroughs because the potential here, and this is what I've, I've preached on all offseason, You've got the exterior pass rush unlocked. You've got three guys who are going to be able to get to the quarterback. You're going to feel very confident in those guys. When you look at Alabama's elite defenses, they've always had that interior complementary piece, and, and their exterior has never been as good as it's going to be this year. Never. Not during the Nick Saban era. Now that you've got that, that can mask a lot of any deficiencies that you have inside. You know, Will Anderson's going to get his wins regardless of what's happening on the interior. Dallas Turner's going to get a lot of his wins regardless of what's happened on the interior. But if you can get that complimentary pass rush from inside, it's going to make your pass rush all the more lethal. And that's why I think Jamil Burroughs, even if it's on a limited amount of snaps, do I think he's going to play 300 plus snaps this year? No, I don't. Do I think he's going to play 250 plus snaps? No, I don't. But in his, you know, if it's 150, if it's 200, you know, if you start flirting in there with that 250, I think he can make a tremendous impact on Alabama's defense this year, even in those limited snaps. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and, and the outside guys will help those inside guys. I mean, you know, you're, you're going to have to double Will Anderson. I mean, you've got to do that. And, and that's going to make everyone's job up front easier, including the interior guys. Uh, there'll be fewer, fewer bodies for them to, 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 to deal with. Uh, Burroughs' size. For instance, I mean, we just talked about how Byron Young, even though he plays an interior defensive line position for us, lining up inside the tackles, the offensive tackles, he's not the physical presence of, of Mathis or the physical presence of Barmore, uh, but Jamil Burroughs is, you know, and 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 I, I think if we do a lot of the two defensive linemen look, I think Burroughs is going to be a part of that pretty often just simply size alone I, I think they're going to want bigger guys in there when there's only two so I, I think Burroughs will be probably the fifth guy 
but I, I think he's going to be solidly in, 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 in a, you know, we're, we're going to see a lot of him and by a lot of him, what I mean is every quarter of every game, I mean, he'll be, he'll be out there for snaps in every quarter of every game. That's kind of how I feel about it. And, and, and I do think the good question a real good question is, will there be more than that? And, and, and I said in the previous segment, situationally, yes, but will we see Michael Goodwine? Will we see Damon Payne? Uh, will we see any of these, uh, Tim Keenan, uh, will we see any of these freshmen? Maybe, but my guess is garbage time. But for anybody that feels that's because they're not developing or they're not good enough, that's crazy. There's just no opportunity. And, and, and for the fans that like, we need to play more players. I'm not taking a position on that. I'm just saying I've watched coach Saban coach since 2007. He's not going to turn into some different dude tomorrow. <laughs> this is how we've done it since 2007. You know, he's not changing. And, and I'm not saying he's been doing it wrong. He's obviously doing it right. Uh, or certainly the way he wants it done and it works. So I think pain is probably going to develop into a really good player. I'm really high on Goodwine. I'm really high on Keenan. We just might not really see them with real bullets flying until Dale Young, a boy being Smith cycle out. Well, and you know, one thing to keep in mind, it's like I said, if, if you have Jamil Burroughs out there and, and Will Anderson's a good run defender, don't get me wrong, but he's 250 pounds. You would probably rather have a 290 plus pound defensive lineman out there, you know, stopping the run. I, I mean, maybe uh, that's that might be a little bit of a leap because I still think Will Anderson's just phenomenal. But especially over Dallas Turner, I think Dallas Turner is just fine against the run. But do I think Byron Young's a better run defender out there on the edge, setting the edge at, at 290 pounds than Dallas Turner at 245? Absolutely. But in those situations where maybe you are a little bit more limited, maybe you do have Jamil Burroughs on the field with Will Anderson and Dallas Turner as three or four defensive linemen or three or four guys with their hands you know, in the dirt. In those instances, you already say our pass rush with the, the kind of attention that Anderson's definitely going to command, that we think Turner's going to command, and then when Burroughs starts to establish himself as that kind of interior presence that he'll demand, you don't have to put out a fourth, pass rusher you know it doesn't have to be Jamil Burroughs and Byron Young on the interior if you think he's a potential breakout candidate as far as pass rush really in those instances maybe you kind of hedge things a little bit and you have DJ Dell a great run defender out there as that fourth defensive lineman because he's still going to command attention even if it's just from one guy you still got to have somebody blocking him you can't let him run free and he did prove against Cincinnati in the college football playoff he can sack the quarterback too he can collapse the pocket he's a big powerful guy you have him in there you shore up your your run defense a little bit in case you know they try to throw that at you with a run defending defensive lineman, and then you've got three guys who you can trust as, as pass rushers, and then that doesn't even include you know you potentially sending a guy on a blitz, whether it be the star, whether it be you know uh, an off ball linebacker. Obviously, in in the last couple of years, Alabama's off ball linebackers, Christian Harris, Henry Toto last year, you know Rashawn Evans, there tons of them have had in that four to five sack types of seasons. And I think that you could get a little bit more of that this year as well, whether it be, you know, sending Henry Toa or Jalen Moody, if he's starting or, you know, Deontay Lawson, if it's him. So I do find that, you know, interesting on how they can kind of mix and match. Are there concerns here? Sure. But it's just, everybody looks at this defensive line and they say, okay, because they don't have a Jonathan Allen or a Quentin Williams, they 
are not that good. Will Anderson is their Jonathan Allen. He's their right. Quentin Williams. And then they've got another dynamic pass rusher named Dallas Turner. You don't need these guys to be that. That Would it be great? Sure. But Alabama's built its defensive line to reflect the talent that it's got. These guys are more, not space eaters necessarily, but they're good run stoppers. And they are guys who you can say, we. it's just a matter of maintaining and managing. You know, hold the point of attack, stop the run, create opportunities for those other guys. And so back when they had a Jonathan Allen or a Quentin Williams, they designed their defense and built their defense around those guys. And they presented them with opportunities to take advantage of that talent. DJ Dale is not going to be Quentin Williams. He's just not. So, and, and it's just, it's, the, it's a difference in what's being asked of the two players. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So I don't think fans should be freaking out. It's different, but don't, let's not act like they don't have impactful defender or an impactful defender in their front four, because they absolutely do. His name is Will Anderson. Oh, absolutely. And Will lines up all over the place. I mean, you know, I, was, I watched a clip from an NFL scout this week to put on Twitter that showed Will literally lining up head up with the guard. I mean, like, like a defensive tackle. And, and he, he looped and sacked the quarterback. You know, from, from he was lined up between two 300-pound defensive linemen. And Will loops around and makes a sack. Uh, they'll move Will around. The defensive line, I mean, again, how many teams in the country – I saw I saw one guy, I can't remember where, I, I saw one guy post, you know, Byron Young might be a second-round pick. D.J. Dale might be a fourth or fifth-round pick. Uh, Tim Smith is going to go no worse than the mid-rounds. A Boydby could be a late-round pick. Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl, who's not an Alabama fan or an Alabama guy, the Senior Bowl doesn't exist for Alabama's pleasure. Jim Nagy recently tweeted, that he reviewed the film of all of Alabama's senior bowl eligible defensive linemen and gave them all great marks. And and, and in my eyes indicated they're all coming to the senior bowl. Um, Who else has that? Who else has that? I mean, no one else that I'm aware of has an all headed to the draft defensive line (laughs) now. And then the response you get from some people was, yeah, but none of them are first round picks. And I'm like, has Nick Saban ruined you to this degree? Has Nick Saban ruined you to this degree? No one else has, hey, our whole defensive line is NFL eligible and headed to the NFL, but that's not enough. No, we don't have a Jonathan Allen. This stinks. Well, I don't know how those folks are going to handle handle it when Saban's gone. Well, and a lot of fans will tell you, well, what about Georgia last year? You know, they had Devontae Watt, yeah. who, who was drafted first round. They had... You know, Jordan Davis obviously drafted first round. They got Jalen Carter, who's probably going to be a top 10 pick. Their interior defensive line was incredible. Why can't we have that? First of all, that's a historically good defense. (laughs) And you tell me where their Will Anderson was at on that group. You tell me where their Dallas Turner was at. You point those guys out to me. Are you trying to tell me that Nolan Smith is either one of those two? He was good last year. He was not the kind of impactful pass rusher that Dallas Turner, even Dallas Turner was. Adam Anderson, obviously, he was kind of supposed to be that guy. Is he Will Anderson? No, I think he's more Dallas Turner, uh, even though I think Dallas Turner has a much higher ceiling. You can argue that was supposed to be their Dallas Turner, but they won a national championship. They had a historically good defensive uh, performance and defensive line, even without having those impactful exterior players. And Alabama can certainly have 
a historically good defense, an elite defense, the top defense in college football without having the, a Jonathan Allen or Quinn Williams on the interior. You know, that's just, it's part of it. What you look for, and you're not going to be perfect at every spot. Alabama has the makings of it because they have experience in their defensive line and they have guys who can stop the run and provide that aspect of it and provide a little bit of some complimentary interior pass rush, especially if they can get it from Jamil Burroughs. But your defense is going to be built around your edge players. You've got the Phil General and Henry Toto on the second level. Doesn't matter who starts next to him. We'll kind of figure that out as we go. But at least you have that one guy who's got tons of experience, knows what he's doing, knows what he's looking for, and knows how to relate it to the other players on the defense. And you have a deep stable of players in the secondary who are opportunistic, who can take advantage of what you're going to be having as far as your pass rush and can create turnovers and be really good. Plus, you have a returning defensive coordinator. You're not teaching anything new. It's all the same. There's a comfortability level there. These are the types of things. You don't have to be perfect at every spot. But when you look at Alabama's defense, tell me the liability. There's no liabilities. There might not be elite play at every spot. But to me right now, I mean, especially on paper, and we'll find out if there's any liabilities, they'll expose themselves starting in fall camp. Maybe a corner because they haven't been able to get as much work, even though there's a ton of talent there. And I think it's got the potential to be the best group of corners in college football. So that's I'm not that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying maybe if they're not experienced enough and they're still working some things out, they're recovering from injuries. You know, they didn't get as much time to work as the starters in the offseason, whatever it ends up being. Maybe they but the, a liability. No, will they be necessarily elite? Not necessarily. But just as a fan or anybody that's concerned about Alabama's defense, show me where the liability is because there are none. I don't know if you could say that about a single defense out there right now in college football other than Alabama's. I do like the personnel all over the defense. I mean, in terms, of, I think it's going to be Alabama's best defense since 2016. Uh, now, will they put up the same numbers? Uh, will they Will they appear just as dominant? I don't know if that's the case because offensive football has changed so much. I think we're going to give up some points. We're going to give up some yards. Not everything will look perfect all the time. But I do think compared to all the other defenses, and that's all that matters, Alabama can win a national championship, Clint, and not be as, as dominant defensively, numerically, and statistically as they were in 2011 or 2016. All they have to do is be better defensively than all the other 2022 defenses and, and, and be better than all the 2022 offenses that they play. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, that, that they give up, you know, uh, uh, 19.5 points a game instead of 12.2 points a game. That's just defense the way it's played in, in, in 2022, the way offense is played in 2022. So, uh, but, but personnel-wise, it's a really good group. I like the defensive line. It's the best outside linebacker duo in college football. Henry Toa Toa may literally be the most experienced inside linebacker in power five football. He might be uh, in terms of a, a three-year starter going on a fourth year as a starter at Mike linebacker. Uh, there is a position battle next to him, but, but we're high on both of those guys. The secondary returns seven play seven. I think maybe eight, but seven who have started SEC football games. Right. Kool-Aid and Ricks, Kool-Aid and Ricks, Kyrie Jackson, who started throughout the playoffs. That's three. Malachi Moore has been a first-team player. Brian Branch has been a first-team player. To say nothing of Jordan Battle and, DeMar and, and DeMarco Helms. 
seven starters returned right. in the secondary if you right. count Ricks. And why not count Ricks? It's dumb not to count Ricks. Um, extremely experienced and talented and multiple first-round picks. Will, Dallas, maybe Byron, maybe Henry, maybe Battle, Ricks, one-day Kool-Aid, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of uh, reason to be excited. And even one last note I'll say about, about what to be excited about this defense is Pete, you know, I'm going to be, unless we fall flat on our face. And if so, that's on him too. But if we're good, you know, congratulations to Pete. We got to remember Pete Golding had never been a DC at the power five level. And he was a real young coach when he got here. He's learning too. When Nick Saban was in year five of being a head coach, that was early in his tenure at Michigan State. Ask Nick Saban if he's a better coach today than he was midway through his tenure at Miss Michigan State. Let's give Pete the same rope that Nick Saban was given, you know, so we'll be good. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we got less than a minute to go. You're 100% right. I mean, I think if Alabama gets interior pass rush from Jameel Burroughs and they get Brian Branch being the turnover machine that I think he's going to be, this defense is going to be, I mean, absolutely every bit as good as the 2016 group. It'll be different. They'll give up points, but as far as creating turnovers, creating sacks, that type of thing, this will be able to stack up with anything Alabama has had during the Nick Saban era, especially if they can get that from Jameel Burroughs and get that from Brian Branch. I think those are two key parts of Alabama's defense this year if everybody else just stays the same. But Jimmy, I love the conversation. Great conversation. Great points. Always appreciate you hopping on here with me, buddy. We will be back uh, next week going over a lot of other positions, and I'll have that schedule out soon. Once again, this is the Bama on 3 show, and I'm your host, Clint Lamb.